sweet unicycling Easter Bunny. We are done with the after movies. Guys, it's a celebration here at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. I'm your host, Max Steele. And yes, it does sound like my vocal cords went 12 rounds with Deontay Wilder. This is why you don't record podcasts after a concert, kids. And I'm joined by the spicy Spanish heartthrob. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. Hi, Reba. Today we're fucking celebrating, baby, because I also came back from a concert, but my concert was way softer than Max's. Mine was more like, hang your, put your lighters up and have a good time. Max's was more like, get all the frustration out, which I feel like sums up our experiences with After so, so poetically. Dude, it is pretty apt that, like, I'm here. I'm tired. My voice is a little scraggly from singing DJ Slipknot all night. And yeah, we're just here. We're we're here to have a good time. And today we are talking about the final, eh, maybe, installment of the After series, After Everything. And this is one of those rare times on this podcast where we venture from our caves and go into the theaters to experience a movie. Mike, before we get to talking about after everything, how was your theater experience? I'm so, so damn glad that we're asking this question. Dude, okay, I have gone to premieres. I have. I've done the premieres for like, I think I think I did like Civil War, Captain America, or like Mad Max or something back in the day. But mm-hmm. I have done the premiere game, the midnight show and come in, like leave at 2 a.m. or whatever. And it was it was fun. It was seriously, seriously a fun experience. You get a lot of cool trailers. You'll occasionally get a little sneak peek, extra little something for, for the people who are showing up early. But it's all around a good experience. So, again, I... as. I went to the first showing that I could find for after, which was Wednesday at seven o'clock. And I was like, all right, sure, let's do it. Dog, I literally got my goddamn tickets, sat down in the movie theater with my girlfriend, and I kid you not, bud, it literally went straight into the movie. There was no, it, it felt like, it felt like those, like one of my buddies rented out the theater and he was like, get ready to watch Back to the Future, bud. And there was no mm-hmm. ads or anything. It was just straight to the point, which so weird, so weird for me. But to top it all off, the movie theater cared so little about this movie. They didn't dim the lights at all. The lights were never dimmed. (laughs) It was so funny. And like, you were not alone in there. It wasn't like the, oh, we forgot about this dude in this one theater. That was also a weird one. I, I walked in and naturally I was one of, I think, two guys there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that, that was not surprising. I expected to walk into that, but oh my God, I was I was so surprised at the amount of 20-something people, like girls and all of them, who came in with the same expectation that I did, which is, this is going to be garbage, and I'm ready to just drink it all up. And, And it was that, and then, like, the other final bit, this is the majority, was middle-aged women who were just all down with the sickness. Hell yeah. So, 
I'm really so you went to go see it Wednesday. I went to go see it Thursday, and those were the only two times that this movie was showing anywhere that I could find. One showtime at seven o'clock, both on Wednesday and Thursday. Now, originally, I was going to go on Wednesday with my girlfriend, but something came up and I was unable to on Wednesday. So I went on Thursday. So I went to see this movie by myself, just a single dude walking into that theater. You are so a warrior. I, I, you are a, you're a trooper for going into that. <laughs> Dude, so it was interesting. So I get to the theater and I'm waiting in line and I look in front of me and I look behind me and I stick out like a sore thumb, probably also because I wanted to dress just as masculine as possible to go see this movie just to confuse people. Like I'm talking like tight black shirt, hat, like trucker hat, like shorts. And then I walk up and I'm like, one ticket to after everything, please. Just, just confuse the guy, <laughs> dude. Dude, the uh, exactly. You're just wearing, you're just wearing like a like a Slayer shirt where it's got Jesus' head on a fucking spike or something, something so overly intense. And you're like, one ticket to the romantic movie, por favor. Thank you. It's I, I, I will say you're more, you have more balls than I do because I was a man of nothing but pure shame because I walked in. I had to use my freaking corporate discount on AMC tickets to get a ticket. So I just walked in, scanned, and the guy went, all right, man, go ahead. And I was like, thank you. And I just shuffled <laughs> off to the movie. Like I was like I was going to like a porn theater. <laughs> Spe- speaking of porn theater, I walk into the, my theater, and it was severely lacking in AC. Like I'm looking like a whore in church just sweating, watching after everything, which is definitely not the move. And again, much like Mike, there were fans at my showing, which kind of shocked me because, you know, you and I have just been talking about it just between the two of us. I haven't like heard of anyone else liking this movie. And when I get there, it's like a fathom event things at AMC. So like when the movie is supposed to start at 7 a.m. you know, or 7 p.m. when they normally start showing the previews, a countdown just appears on screen for 30 minutes with the fathom events logo. And just keeps counting down. I'm like, okay, movie, you're really trying to trying to play this up. But then they get into like the pre like the pre movie stuff, like with Maria Menounos, like at that point. And then they started talking about like after trivia with Fathom events, and I'm both amazed and ashamed at how much I know about this franchise. <laughs> you you were prepped. You sat there and you just heard poor Maria Menounos go. Now here's some trivia for the afternators out there. And you're like, oh, thank Christ. I'm going to miss so much of this. And I'm so happy. And she goes, what's the name of the brother of Harden? And you're like, I hate this. I hate I, this I, so I much. hate this so much. So then once that 30 minutes gets up, we just waited. It was just a black screen. Like, and we all sat like black screen, no sound, no nothing. It's just silence for like five minutes. And it's so uncomfortable. So someone from the theater actually had to go get some like employee to actually start the movie. So then the movie, you know, the lights dim and the movie starts playing. But then 90 seconds in, it cuts out and stops playing. (laughs) And then they had to go get somebody again to restart the movie. And this time it actually started playing through. Dude, what the hell? All right. They didn't care with my movie, but they actually just played the movie and walked away. Your movie, they they got a botched one that they just had to like, you know, just hit a couple times to get it working. Good Lord. 
It was just like a corrupt file that they were that they were trying. It was to, a, it just wasn't working. They, had, they re-downloaded it. They went on to they went on to like kick ass torrents and then just typed in after everything and were like, ah, just give us a couple minutes. <laughs> now that was our theater experiences. And before we go any further, we probably should say spoiler warning since this is a newer movie, just as a quick heads up. So after <laughs> everything, I will say this is the first movie in this franchise that is not based on a book in the after series and i don't know what the fuck it's based off of but jesus this movie is so fucking weird first of all you know harden and tessa the thing we've been following this entire franchise yeah tessa's not really even in this movie she's maybe in it for like 10 to 15 minutes it just focuses on harden they're oh my god you know we were making the jokes that everyone was getting replaced we literally made the joke that <laughs> that josephine langford was going to get replaced in the last movie we dead ass made that joke and it fucking happened it happened she's not in the movie how do you have a romantic movie and one of your leads is not there what <laughs> that's yeah, it- crazy yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's like you've been building up this whole series to focus on Tessa and Harden. And then in the last movie, Harden just goes on a fucking side quest to Portugal <laughs> and just exists living his best life. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we have to wrap up this franchise and then do that at the very end of this movie. Dude, it's fucking I, ridiculous. He that's the best way to fucking describe this movie. It's a it's Harden's side quest it's like if you're playing skyrim or legend of zelda and instead you're like oh i know i'm supposed to go over there for the story and then you just stop and go oh but that looks interesting you just walk off to the side that's this whole movie because Harden is just 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 kicking it in portugal just having a good time and then it literally is like it literally is like one of the minor characters has to go up to Harden. And just tug on his like shirt and just go. You still have to go back to the states and you know wrap up that one other thing, right? And he's like, "Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Sorry about that." And he just flies over, and the movie ends. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, even the fans, because there are fans of this, are pissed off about this. They hate this decision. In fact, I went to the after Instagram page. And all of the ones like when they're posting about like upcoming after everything, they're just saying like, we are so disappointed, a bunch of unnecessary scenes. Like, why did y'all make this last movie complete garbage? No one wanted to see, you know, an hour of Harden and this other girl vibing and existing. We don't give a shit. We want to focus on Harden and Tessa. Like, you had to really try. You you pissed off with your first movie. You pissed off the movie going audience as a whole. But now with this last movie, you pissed off your fans. Shame on you, movie. Seriously, it's it really felt like this. This was the most obvious cash grab. Mm. Like it actually did. It literally felt like the movie series was just like, all right, let's just come on. These these morons will eat anything, and so they just threw this at them, and and it was like. I hate this, but I feel sorry for the fans. I mm. wish I could point and laugh and just be like, get owned, you idiots, blah, blah, blah. But no, I feel bad. These people sunk, like, we sunk, like, seven hours, eight hours into this franchise. For worse. 
there are people who unironically sunk eight hours into this franchise and they got no payoff. It's mm-hmm. so it's so bad. It's so bad. And I want man, I want to get right into talking about this movie. So, Mike, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and ask you the most important question we have here on this podcast. If after everything was a drink, what would it be and why? All right, everybody. This final after movie. It's ridiculous. It's the coup de grace of ridiculousness. There's, there aren't any Maury moments or Jerry Springer moments. There's just, it's just Harden, Harden goes on a spirit quest, essentially. So, of course, Harden, because he's the main character. He's obviously Black Tea. And in the previous ones, I've said have strong black tea. I'm taking it a step further. I want you to take three tea bags, one cup of hot black tea, steep it for 24 hours. Oh my god! All right, now that what you've the got fuck that, is wrong with you. <laughs> this movie sunk its existence into Harden, who, which I don't understand why. Harden is the least likable of the two main characters. Tessa's not great either, but at least. There was focus with Tessa, and she was a sane human who you could attach yourself to in so, at some core freaking level. Mm-hmm. They 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 decided to to pivot viewpoints to the unlikable character. So fuck this movie for that. So yeah, we're taking super duper three ounces of some uncomfortably bitterly strong black tea. We have the other main romantic interest in this movie. Tessa. She's in this movie in spirit. And I'm not joking with you when I say in spirit. She quite literally shows up in his dreams and that's about the extent of it. She's there for the final like 10 minutes. So I want you to get a quarter ounce of alcohol-free vodka. Because Tessa is... Tessa was vodka, and she was a main star in this movie series. Now she is here, but almost like a husk that sort of smiles, has sex with Harden, and then goes, okay, and that's it. So they've literally boiled her down to just her core tenets. Um, now, we got to have a substitute for Tessa in her stead, which brings in New Girl. Who, if I'm being honest with you, she's more interesting than Tessa. Because all Tessa is, is a wet blanket of emotions and toxicity. And this person has, I don't know, a spine and things to do and a life. So, they're in Portugal. So, I want you to get two ounces of Ginginha. Which is the sour cherry liqueur that she drinks in the movie. I've heard it's delicious outside of this damn movie. So, sorry that we're fucking it up here. But, you know, eh, whatever. Okay. We have the new setting. And this setting, the movie really wants you to know is important. It's it's fun. It's bright. It's bubbly. Harden's exploring himself and learning about himself and getting better. In a pretty scenery. So grab yourself some Spindrift. uh, Specifically Spindrift because it uses fruit juice. 
And grab like, I don't know, like a watermelon lime, a cucumber flavored spindrift, crack it open, pour in about three ounces. You want it to get properly bubbly. Finally, you have all of these extra characters who, man, they are all, the only thing they do is exist. I think anything past that, they giggle or tell Harden that he sucks. Mm-hmm. So I want you to just take a cucumber. I want you to chop off a like a fat wedge and take a lime and chop off a fat wedge and just put the two right next to each other on your glass. You know, like you're like like a margarita. And that's it. That's that's the drink. There's nothing else to it. <laughs> Interesting. I think one thing that you did miss with yours, first of all, I like it. I also used, what What was it, Gan, Ginjan? Gin, Ginjanya. Ginjanya. I also used that in my drink. So great Hell minds yeah. think alike there. I will, Absolutely. Say, I will say, I think you missed, and one thing I'm going to get into with my drink, is the clip show aspect of this movie oh oh yeah uh-huh uh, okay that's fair <laughs> I, I like the i like the consistency of, of sticking with that tea and letting it steep for 24 hours it's just a explosion of flavor it's you're trying to make something work that obviously does not work so mike I, I fuck with it but the best way i can describe after everything is a clip show Harden going on side quests to Portugal. Oh, yeah, and I guess we also need a wedding. So let's start with Harden Scott. Expired Mike's Hard Lemonade, but this time do four ounces. You'll see why in a second. Let's say Mike's Hard Lemonade, Blood Orange. We'll come back to Tessa here at the very end. Next, we're going on Portugal for a side quest for this girl, uh, Natalie. Go get a thing of, Mike, how do you pronounce it? Ganjan... I think it's, I, I think I actually pronounced it wrong. I think it's Ginginia. Ginginia, the the cherry liqueur that Mike was talking about from Portugal. Let's go one and a half ounces. But we also have this fuckface Sebastian tossed in here <gasps> for literally no reason, who is just yes. a mega tool. Yeah. Like think of Harden Scott if he like got multiplied by a hundred. Also, this guy apparently is played by an Italian pop star who can't really act and it's also fucking hilarious so for him toss in an ounce of coffee liqueur of italian coffee liqueur excuse me next the clip show aspect we get a lot of flashbacks of harden and tessa together you know from the first second third and fourth movie so i'm gonna say go back to our other drinks go make them and then talk and then you know, make them and then toss in a quarter of an ounce each for each of the drinks we've made so far. We have a wedding at the end. Toss in an ounce of cheap champagne. So you have all of your ingredients in your glass, but we're missing something. We're missing Tessa, and she's barely in the movie, like I said. So let's go grab a wine seltzer. Pick one. It doesn't fucking matter. I can't pick for you. You're, you're an adult. Grow up. Pick a wine seltzer, a flat wine seltzer. And take your flat wine seltzer and put it into a plastic spray bottle that like one that like mists. Then spray your wine seltzer above your drink like two to three times and let the contents just slowly fall into your drink because that is literally how much Tessa has to do in this movie. 
And that's my cocktail. I, one, clever bringing in the the pre-existing cocktails. Love it. I do dig that. That is, that's definitely something that I looked over. And I do think that I'm like kicking myself for it because this movie loves to sit there and make you, it, it tries, it almost feels like it tries to pretend like Tessa's involved in the movie by using mm. the clip. Mm. When in reality, she isn't. Also, I, Sebastian is my favorite character in this movie. Dude, can, I'm sorry, but bro cannot act. I hate, I hate he saying is, that, but like, he, dude, he, he is the worst. Act. He, he acts like such, he is, okay, we're going to get it. I, I want to hold off all of the Sebastian talk until we see Sebastian, but mm-hmm. Max, fantastic cocktail. Love it. Love the cleverness. Love the inclusion of Virginia. You got to have Virginia in your cocktail for this movie. I mean, if we're in Portugal, might as well. And do as the Portuguese do. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, go make it your drink of choice, and let's finish up the after marathon by talking about after everything. So we're going to kind of be covering this movie a little bit, a little bit broader than we normally do because we had to go see it in theaters. So this opening where we find out where Hardin is struggling to write his second book because his muse, Tessa, and him are no longer together. He's got writer's block. And Hardin's literary agent, Kat, is like trying to fuck him, but also help him, but also calls him pathetic to her friend. I'm like, it's- okay, you want to make money, but like you're also like roasting this man for not giving you a book. Yeah. Like, But you're also trying yeah, to fuck him. Like, what do you, what do you want? The the relationship between Hardin and his, yeah, and his essentially manager or mm-hmm. publisher or whatever the hell her role is. I think it's her man, his, his manager. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she, Hard's got writer's block and he's at a club to like, you know, just to like pass the time with his manager and like a friend of the manager's. And the manager is riding on him, like whispering on him, flirting with him all night long. And you're like, okay, okay. So I guess they're like, a thing or like you know she's you think, seeing him or blah blah you think blah. maybe like you think maybe like harden's trying to move on like it exactly like, okay, exactly it like sense. there's like there's an attempt at growth and he's like oh, okay sure and then in the morning as harden is awakened on the couch she's in the kitchen she's like yeah harden's such a pathetic fucking loser and i'm like D- it's her priorities already the movie has confused me with her priorities because she's like because she wants to bang him mm-hmm. is managing him and also thinks he's lame and it's just the movie is doing five things i mean I mean, it feels like they try to take like three different character traits and just roll them all into one but each character trait is conflicting with the other it's like yeah movie, what the fuck are you doing exactly yeah, and also, continue. and also, they one of the things that they are revisiting again with this movie is Harden Scott's many failed attempts at sobriety. And first of oh. all, it's fine if you want to make that plot point in one movie. I understand, you know, people struggle with alcoholism, but it feels like with this franchise, they're constantly going back to that idea for a plot point, and it's just it's. You see it once and you're like, okay, you know, this is interesting. Let me see how it goes. But then when you show it on screen over and over and over again. It it, it, ju- it just gets boring. It, exactly. No, I absolutely agree. The the movie's choice to continue the freaking alcoholism like 
plot device is so played out because the original time, the the first time they they brought out the alcoholism thing, it was kind of an interesting attempt at a plot point and a turning sort of thing. You're like, oh, wow, okay, so he struggles with alcohol abuse. How is he going to, like, learn from it? What's he going to change about his behaviors? Is he going to grow? And then the movie kept stretching out that stupid plot device where us as the viewers just can't stand it anymore. It lost it lost its bite a long time ago. Now it's kind of just like, hey, he's an alcoholic. And it's, yeah, whatever, man. Sure, okay. Yeah, and it barely gets resolved in the movie. Like, well, it kind of gets resolved like at the very end with Harden pouring out some alcohol and then refusing some from Natalie, who we'll get to it's, later. But it, it's just a non-point because like I said, we have seen this time and time again. I'm like, what's going to stop him from doing it again, you know? Well it, it well it feels like the movie never went whole hog into showing how far he's fallen because of the alcohol or his recovery from the abuse of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's they the movie didn't doesn't need to go requiem for a dream with it, but it could at least have some bite to it mm-hmm. when it's going, ooh, he's fallen off the wagon. Because like, all it does Yeah, it's gonna- it just Go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah. give, gonna say, give us Harden Scott with like maybe I don't know a little bit of five o'clock shadow. You know his hair's really unkempt. You know drinking from the butt. Give us something like that, just to just so we can see. But it's like every time he drinks, he's just the same dude. We're like, okay, how is this really his vice? How is it yeah. negatively affecting him? We don't see exactly. that in these movies. Yeah, you don't see wear and tear on Harden. He just, he looks like the same Dolce & Gabbana ad he's always been in. So then Harden goes to meet with his mom and his biological father, Vance. And, you know, Harden, like, he wasn't cool with them at first, but then he was cool and, you know, made things up, you know, made up with his mom. And then suddenly he's hostile towards both of them when he sits down at lunch when he's running like an hour late. So he just starts fucking like, you know, roasting both of them in this in the middle of this restaurant. And then his mom just kind of casually mentions this girl, Natalie, who we have not heard of before since this whole thing started. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into her a little bit, but let's just say their relationship is a little bit, um, how can I put this, bad because Harden filmed a sex tape with Natalie and then it got sent around. Like, yeah, it's just, that was, that's crazy. Yeah, no. So the movie brings in Natalie, who (laughs) my girlfriend was watching this and she's caught up on the after lore, but this is the first after movie she saw and her, and she literally texted me mid movie and said, and said, who is this? Has this person been in the movie before? I don't remember reading about her. And I went, no, she's new. And that's, and she went, that's stupid. And she's right. That's a problem that the movie just sits there and yanks out just this new person. And it's okay when it's okay to introduce new people in the final movie. That's okay. That's totally normal. When you having them be a plot sort of point is even normal. But having them be the singular main plot point mm-hmm. outside of Harden moping, 
that's not okay. Yeah, it's just it's so dumb. Like, yeah, again, like I said, we we can introduce characters in the last movie, but then having her just you know be like, hey, here I am. You remember Natalie? Natalie? Nat? Natalie? We all remember Natalie, of course. It does, it makes no sense. Like, why would they go this? And then also, like, we flash back to see Harden film in the sex tape, and just like, why? Why movie? Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's, oh my God. Yeah, the movie, this is, I feel like, the one where uh, Harden got real irredeemable. It's, the movie went there and just, just decided to bring in the, her, like, the reason they they had for Natalie existing was her, she was Harden's, like, big fuck up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Harden filmed a sex tape with her and then leaked it to his friends who then leaked it all all over online and all that. And the movie can't go whole hog with his, with his alcoholism and his growth from alcoholism, but they can go whole hog with making him not fucking likable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cause they just like, this is shitty. And you can see this woman get wronged. And you're just, and the entire time, Harden's like, yeah, but I've, like, changed. And she's like, I had to leave the country because of you. Yeah, exactly. They, real like, this is a really bad thing that he's done in his past that they just want to bring up. And I'm like, no, you fucked up bad. That doesn't, like, because you're bringing it up this late in your franchise, it's like, oh, wait, yeah, we got to go back to see Harden do this very heinous thing and film a sex tape, and only now it's getting brought up, and he's just like, no, listen, I've changed, and I'm like, Harden, Scott, we literally have four movies to show you that no, no, you have not changed. Like, you're just keep going back to the, no, I'm a good person, I swear, no, you're not. You're just being a nice no, guy, he's not. You're you're He's, you're a bad person, dude. He is. He is. That's and I think that's the real kicker here is them bringing this up. If Harden had grown and changed, like the first movie, he was horrible. Second movie, he got a little bit better, but he was horrible, and it was a slow progression. Then you would go, oh, okay, this is really heinous. And Harden's like really atoning and he's like doing X, Y, and Z to solve it. But no, the movie, he set his mom's couch on fire. Do he hasn't to, grown. Do we need to forget arson or I don't know. Remember that professor's apartment? Yes, I am going to keep bringing this up. Maybe he had Harden that killed one kill. Yeah. Killed he him. killed Harden someone. Killed him. He Harden killed someone. Dude, in our it's, head cannon. In our head cannon. Harden killed them. Harden killed him, man. so it's yeah exactly it's it's just very ham-fisted having her brought in that being said her story her as a character is so it's interesting she's not a bad character well i'll say this i don't like i wouldn't know i don't know if i'd use the word interesting it's that she is one of the first characters in this franchise to you know have a little bit of depth and like maybe another movie we'd probably forget about her but yeah, and, he, and here compared to other movies, dude, it's a, it's a blessing. We are, it like, is. We're like, oh, we understand why you are, why you feel this way. And no, you're not just gonna let Harden walk all over you. You're gonna sit down and say, no, you fucked up, and I'm I'm not gonna forgive you. I I'm not happy. But then eventually she does forgive him. Which, but he, she he does <sighs> atone a little bit, but it doesn't. It no, 
He doesn't even really atone at all. Now that I think about he it, he does it. He does it. He just literally puts his fingers together and goes, "I'm sorry," and she's like, "You won me over," <laughs> which is crazy talk. But whatever. It's let's we gotta let's steer ourselves back in. So Harden. Oh, go ahead. I, yeah. I was gonna say I want to talk about Harden flying to Portugal and then okay. having a random dream of him just fucking this flight attendant. For oh, literally yeah. no reason. That that shit was so funny. Oh my god. It was it was literally so so okay. Just to bring you up to speed, listeners, in case you've lost your track. Harden uh sits down with Vance and his mom, and he's like, I've got writer's block. Mm-hmm. And his dad's like, Well, you're a fuck up. And he goes, Well, thanks, Dad. And the mom goes, Well, why don't you? Well, Natalie's in Portugal. And he goes, that's interesting. And then it cuts to him flying to Portugal. And he's on his plane ride to Portugal. He quite literally has a sex dream on the plane of banging the flight attendant. Which is so weird. Because you're on a plane. Dude, I remember seeing this in the theater and I was trying so hard to stifle my laughter. I was like, movie, are you really going to try and do this? Then then they show it's a dream. But I'm like, movie, just please, for the love of God, go there. Please say, no, this isn't a dream. Harden, actually, please do that. I really want you to. I would love this movie if it did that. Just show like, yeah, Harden, he's a real ladies man. He can get any girl he wants. That is... <laughs> Well, what's what's even better is, uh, lead in the in the scene because again, like my co-host said, the movie will tries to play it initially, like he like he's just they're just they're just banging in an airplane bathroom. Which, by the way, my god, the airplane bathroom in this airplane massive. is huge. It's massive. It's, it's a massive. It's like a bedroom, <laughs> which is nuts. But in any case. <laughs> Amidst their open mouth kissing, like sucking each other's faces like the large mouth bass, <laughs> it just hard cuts to hard waking up in the middle of his aisle seat next to just another person minding their own business, which I gotta say, <laughs> it's gotta be weird being the person next to Harden as he's sleeping and you just quietly hear this person like just <laughs> as they're sleeping just like just awkwardly shift and then just like just like ever so faintly just moan and you're like all right I, you're like I hate this Harden just wakes up and he's like ah oh, damn it I I I came in my pants while, and he's like trying to like grabbing like you know like magazines and stuff to cover his dick and he's just like oh shit what am I, I just do? love I just love the idea it's just like Hart wakes up and he just looks down and he's just like nah I came myself and then there's the person it just it just pans to the person of the window seat and they're like braced against the window seat like <laughs> just staring at him it's just a grandma just doing like the rosary in the corner just like get that demon away from me <laughs> Get the semen demon out of here. Semen demon, Harden Scott. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, so when Harden lands in Portugal, we literally just get literally cheap walking sequences of him just walking through. I don't know, it feels like something you'd have on in the background at like an airport or something of just a tourist (laughs) just walking through, you know, some international place. And some some of the shots, I will say, 
it really feels like the filmmakers went out there with an iPhone just to get some more B-roll because of how shaky it all is. It does look like shaky iPhone. It looks like those uh, caught on iPhone videos Mm -hmm. from like three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. It's it's so funny that you mentioned that. It just, well, amidst all of these like walking sequences where it does sound like it's going to, you're going to have a voiceover where it goes, welcome to Lisbon. You're going to enjoy your stay here while you're here. Why don't you go check out the beaches? You, it almost, they, they sneak in freaking Harden's occasional like flashback about Tezza and him going like, way, way, way. I miss Tezza. Way, way, way. I love Tessa, which is again, scattering it throughout the movie Mm -hmm. okay it's okay you're having yeah flashbacks to a person that's fine do it too much they hold on it like like they hang on it he Mm -hmm. stops sounding like a like a like a person who's recovering from a breakup and like someone who needs a restraining order Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean this really could turn into like an episode of you which is Harden Scott just standing <laughs> like he peeks around a corner and just monologuing to himself like, I'm going to be with her even if it's the last thing I do. I like, it's, this is going to happen. It's the fanatic. Oh, my God. No. Harden, Scott, <laughs> Harden Scott dressed as John Travolta in the fanatic. Can I please? Hero, if you are <laughs> listening to this, please make that happen. We would love to have you on the podcast, but please dress like the fanatic. That would be Hero. amazing. If you could put some antlers on your head and say the phrase "moose is in the house" in a Hawaiian shirt, that'd be baller. It'd be like, so baller. Please, please make our days. We're just struggling. We're, we'll, we, had we, all, we had to watch all of the movies that you were in. Please help. <laughs> Hell yeah! So yeah, he we get walking sequences, and then he goes to meet Natalie, and they sit down, you know, over drinks. And this is when we get all the exposition that we mentioned previously about Natalie fleeing her home country to Portugal where no one would know her to escape this sex tape that was following her around. Oh, by the way, Harden just gets a really nice Airbnb and apparently him and Natalie, like they're, they're healing, you know, time heals all wounds. So they're beginning to like, you know, talk a little bit more. And then he goes to the beach to meet Natalie's friends and fuck face Sebastian. Dude, yes. Let's let's yes. fucking let's fucking talk about the man okay. with the most punch. I thought Harden Scott had a punchable face in this franchise, but no, this dude, this fucking dude, Sebastian, has the most punchable face, and with the way that he talks as well, it's like he's trying so hard to act, and it just <laughs> fails. Like it just fails. It's I, it's, it's so just, awful. It's bad. I oh. God, he is so bad. Okay, Sebastian Harden looks like a fuckboy. Mm-hmm. Sebastian embodies a fuckboy. He is he is fuckboy alpha. Like it's or fuckboy prime. He fuck quite literally prime. he he literally is the the originator of the after fuckboy. He looks like an he looks like an, a Calvin Klein ad, but if you forced a Calvin Klein ad to act 
like uh like Daniel Day Lewis in There Will Be Blood. He's mm. he literally is walking around trying to show base emotions, and it looks like he's just it looks like he's trying. It looks like he's doing blue steel as like his son is dying. It's Dude. he's like trying to trying to look intense, Duke the glares, but also mm. like have emotion and it's it's so bad and weird and he talks like 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 chat gpt yeah dude dude literally like same facial expression if you you know asked him how his day was and same facial expression if you if like you had told him like hey my dad died or your dad died or your whole family is dead and he just you know has the same just fucking like ah i see that that really is a bummer yo and this dude tries like he's trying to like you know size up harden and prove his masculinity and they go like fucking cliff diving and they and they get a drone shot for it cool that that's 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 fun no it's not it's stupid it's dumb why are they doing this this is an after movie it, 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 yeah, they have a weird dick measuring contest in the middle of the movie, which is so awkward. It's so weird because it 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 takes away from Harden trying to repair the relationship that he tore to shreds mm-hmm. with Natalie because that's now the narrative. That's now the narrative we're going with. And then the movie shifts and goes, Sebastian, him should do cliff diving. You want to watch a movie cliff diving? And you're like, no, not really, but okay. But in any case, before they go cliff diving, Harden is apparently uh, the book that Harden wrote in the canon. Oh God. Goes gangbusters. And they're all, and they're all like, oh wow, you wrote it. Oh, that's such a good book. And I'm like, all right, more so self-congratulatory sort of, Handshakes around for Anaton. Okay, fine. And then they turn and utter the phrase of a lifetime, which is Harry Styles should play you. And I, I fucking dropped. tried so hard not to burst out laughing at that. that I, I'm like, movie, really? I dropped my phone and went, how dare you? <laughs> it's like, I was like, you cannot... Do you think Harry Styles knows and watches the after series? He's got and to. How, he really how has to. How comfortable do you think he is with his with the fact that Harden Scott is literally just portraying him in one direction? And he's like, a piece of shit. And he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just a insane person, like a piece of shit. Like it, honestly, this is. I would be so irate at the PR disaster that this movie would be doing for me. <laughs> like, oh God. Yeah, speaking of more hard and Scott, so the Portugal part of this movie, which again takes up like 50 minutes of it, all it is is walking sequences of Harden Scott in Portugal having surface level conversations with Natalie that are like only deep to like a 14 year old. Um And then, you know, he maybe, you know, drinks a fruit smoothie or, you know, buys some sunglasses and maybe he rides a boat, too. Like, I really wish I could say more about this, 
But Mike, I, I don't know what else I can really say. That's literally all that happens during this part of the movie. Just it's, hashtag deep conversations and Harden being a tourist, essentially. It, exactly. It's you. It, it, as we've talked about this, I've gotten flashbacks to Reptilicus, mm-hmm. where the movie oh, no. is about the monster. The oh no, it's the Portugal Tourism Bureau. Exactly. You're not. Oh no, it's Portuguese tourism because it just feels like Harden is having. The be the, it's like wah 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 Tessa 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 wah 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 Tessa Tessa Tessa. Portugal's a really beautiful time during the summer and the fall. You should all go look. Uh, Lisbon is really beautiful, and the flights are cheap. Wah 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 Tessa wah 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 Tessa. And you're like, it's just so weird because he'll occasionally be the only thing that strings together the plot at this point in the movie is Harden will turn to Natalie as they're doing some activity that really just highlights the the beauty that Portugal has to offer. And he'll Mm -hmm. go, I'm a piece of shit. And I really love Tessa. And Natalie will go, you're not a piece of shit. And you really like this Tessa person. And that's the, that's the conversation. That's the conversation. Yeah, and she just, you know, begins to start making amends with him. Also, I should mention, when they're riding the boat, Natalie sees a house and is like, I really want to live somewhere like that. We'll, 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 we'll come back to that. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Harden is still suffering from writer's block. But, you know, once he makes amends with Natalie, he starts to write again, this time about his experience with Natalie. And I want to ask, how the fuck... Will Tessa feel reading a book about a past hookup that her few, that her like you know husband slash boyfriend wrote, and it's just you know being sold to the world, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's it's just weird. This this whole this whole bit between the two of them, it feels it feels like Harden just it feels like Harden all he wants out of the it doesn't feel like Harden actually wants to make amends. It feels like Harden wants to mope mm-hmm. and talk like whine about how he's such a piece of shit and how he doesn't deserve anything in his life, and then have have an, have have an attractive woman go up to him, pat him on the back, and go, "No, champ, you're good. You got mm-hmm. you got a heart of gold, squirt. Why don't you get out there and real really hit hit the town?" And one of the one of the <clears throat> excuse me again, the metal the metal concerts still taking a toll on my vocal cords. <clears throat> no, so one thing about movies is that. It's so important for your character to grow and change. There are movies where, you know, a character stays the same throughout and they're still good movies. This movie is not one of those. But if you the standard way of making and writing a movie is the character starts off as a they go through some sort of metamorphosis or change and they turn into B. This whole franchise is just and this movie is just Harden Scott going from A to A, A to A, A to A, just over and over and over again. It's the same shit every single fucking time. Yeah, it, it, it is. The movie has a, the movie for the middle bit has a huge issue with fucking rinsing and repeating. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, 
like motifs and like mm-hmm. plot points. It's it, it ran out of things and developments, and it just kind of goes. Tessa, I should really call her. I should really call her. (laughs) No. But there is something that this movie does a little bit differently. It's that we have a fight scene between Harden and Sebastian. Because, well, it's not really a fight scene. It's, you know, Harden throws a couple of jabs against Sebastian. And then Sebastian's gang comes and just fucking beats the shit out of Harden Scott on a beach. Okay. This is I want to I want to I want to talk I want to talk very quickly. I don't know how you felt about this beach fight scene, but I was glad I was happy to watch Harden get the get his shit beat in. Mm-hmm. It I was I it's like and that's I feel like a hallmark of a of of a of a bad movie or a movie that is doing something wrong when when I am watching and I will watching the movie and I watch Harden get his ass beat to the dirt mm-hmm. that I go, ah, yes. <laughs> I'm you're like, just, I'm like, yeah. You just get up in the theater and you're just clapping. You're like, you go, you go. Sebastian. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you go buddy. You can't act for shit, but you're kicking Harden's ass, which makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. So Harden gets his ass kicked and then gets tossed into jail. But Daddy Vance comes and bails him out of jail because, you know, he just so happened to be in the area and was like, yeah, I can swing by Lisbon and take and, you know, bail you out of jail, son. I I love I love Christian Vance's like just entry in because, again, he's the only minor character from the previous movies up to this point who has shown up. Mm hmm. And all he does is show up and go, go, you're a dumb fuck up. He's like, thanks, dad. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to like give fatherly advice while they're walking through Lisbon. And, you know, it's like he's finally trying to take responsibility and, you know, pats him on the back. He's like, hey, champ, you know, you got to get back out there. You see, you know, you got this sport. Uh, oh, by the way, Landon's getting married and you're going to be his best man. Here's the invitation. I'm going to be out of here. So he's fucking so Vance just fucking leaves. <laughs> he just he just he just dips like he's he's literally a glorified like courier. <laughs> it, it, it's so lame. Yeah. And then Harden, he's, you know, beginning to like make amends and starts to you know pack up his stuff to fly back to America. But before he goes, Harden goes to give. Natalie, you remember me talking about, you know, this book, this book about a previous hookup? Well, Harden gives Natalie that book about her called Before. And Harden's like, hey, I know I fucked up, but I wanted to, you know, just ask and say, hey, can I post this before, you know, post this, you know, really troubling story to the world to know about? Is that okay? My favorite thing is. About this whole thing. Yeah. Harden goes up. He goes, hey, I've got a prequel written to my book. It's literally the entire situation surrounding us. The Everything. Nuts. Like, soup to nuts. It's all. It's all of it. All of your dirty laundry. You cool if I. You cool if I throw this on New York Times bestseller? <laughs> it's. Yeah, you can say no. But, uh. They're expecting something, and this is it. And it's it's so funny because the way the movie frames it, it's the it feels almost like the writer is trying to like turn to the audience and go, "Growth, 
Growth, like, right? No. Honest growth. And you're like, he's still doing the bad thing. He's just asking for permission to do the bad thing now. He's asking you're for s- consent. That's all he's, he's asking for consent. Which, again, again, good baseline. But hear the word that I just said. Baseline. <laughs> he's, you, you don't start. He's starting at negative 10 and he's going to zero. And they're like, hey, he's improving. And you're like, no, still bad. <laughs> Still bad. He's still he, a fucking you need, piece of shit. Yeah, he's still a fucking piece of shit. You need to start. There's no. He. You gotta stop writing about human people, Harden. You gotta like actually just get your creative juices flowing and actually write about something else. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he gives her. You know, she says, "You know what? Sure, buddy, you can post this traumatic experience." Oh, and uh, by the way, before Harden leaves. Remember that house that, you know, Natalie was pointing to on the boat that I mentioned? Yeah, he bought her that house, you know, prime fucking property, probably worth like $10 million. And he was like, yeah, I can make that work. I I, I love this movie's logic. This movie's logic is essentially the exact same thing as uh, the logic I have when... I'm like playing the Sims and I just use all the cheat codes to give my like Sims like $20 million. Cause it's just, uh, cause again, again, you know, like, like Vance's advances, like uh, ultra rich apparently. And like, uh, even, even cook dad is very rich. The mom's apparently broke as hell. So I don't know how, I don't know how she plays in, but, and Harden's a New York times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Again, money can be involved. Ten million dollars is ten million dollars. I don't give a damn who you are, unless you're Bezos. That's 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 a shitload of money. So, no, (laughs) like no, that doesn't make sense. You just you can't just what it's not. It's not a fucking Sonic milkshake. All right. (laughs) Yeah, imagine he just goes to test and is like, yeah, so. I bought a girl I previously hooked up with a nice ten million dollar house in Portugal, and we're just gonna live in this like you know shack in the middle of New York City. I hope that's okay. I I love that idea. He just goes, yeah. I kind of kind of biffed it. Yeah, I kind of bought this chick a ten million dollar house. How do you feel about how do you feel about Gary, Indiana? Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Tessa goes out to like have a goes out to like get groceries she gets like stabbed five times you're going to a murder Kroger now Tessa pop 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 what's up bitch welcome to Indiana so Mike uh, before we go before you move back to America from this movie do you have anything else you want to say about the Portugal part of this movie oh you mean 80% of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know we kind of skimmed over a lot of it, but again, nothing happens. It, again, it really, uh, yeah. 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 Listeners, it's literally just, it's literally just an ad for Portugal, which, you know, hey, you know what? Honestly, kind of successful. Portugal looked very pretty in this, but yeah, it's too bad. Too bad the, the actors sucked ass. But, anyways, um, the fact that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone in this franchise, except for Landon, is awful. Mm-hmm. They're all horrendous human beings. Natalie is the only other human being who isn't horrendous. And she mm-hmm. kind of is just a doormat that lets Harden, who just committed a heinous act that required her to 
escape. I mean, she has a little bit of a... I'll say she has like a little bit of a spine. You know, she doesn't forgive him immediately, but then eventually does after some... Yeah. It's not like Tessa who's just like, I forgive you, Harden. I'll let you walk all over me all the time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, she she does eventually let him walk all over her, but Mm -hmm. she, she does put up a fight, which the fact that she... That makes her number two in terms of interesting, unproblematic characters in the movie... I mean, she, from a base perspective, she is unproblematic, and so she's she's great. But she's more interesting than the main, like, than Tessa. Mm-hmm. Then the fact that she is more interesting than the main love interest, and that there's more chemistry between her and Harden than there is between Harden and Tessa, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, that really is just a whole bag of baloney. Like... <laughs> Harden Scott is a big bag of baloney. <laughs> that feels like a third grader insult. He's a poopy head. <laughs> exactly. It's just again, just I just like the idea instead of Harden and Sebastian like punching and beating the crap out of each other. It's Sebastian goes, "You're a poopy head," and Harden <laughs> goes, "You're a bag of baloney." And then they just hurl insults and they just go, "I know you are, but what am I?" Mm. <laughs> they just. And then teacher has to come and separate them and just send them to separate corners. <laughs> yeah, Natalie, Natalie like <laughs> grabs hard and sits him down and goes, I want you to think about what you did, all right? And he says he's just pouting. <laughs> so we go back to America and he goes to this wedding. Can you guess who the maid of honor is? It's Tessa making like her first actual appearance in this movie. You know, helping the bra- helping Nora, I think that's her name, get ready for her big wedding day. Uh, yeah, what has Tessa been doing? Doesn't fucking matter. We don't know. We, you know, remember how Tessa was like the lead character in the first after movie? We don't even get a, hey, here's what she's doing. Here's where she's working thing at all. We just get, oh, here she is. It's been like two years. Cool. I, one also biggest time skip. Biggest time skip. They do, the movie doesn't tell you how long it's been until like they're about until there's about twenty minutes left in the movie, fifteen minutes left in the movie. Like, truthfully, it's been two damn years since the fourth and the fifth movie. From the first to the fourth movie, there was seven months. What? What? <laughs> Hell yeah. It's that's ridiculous, man. But anyways, anyways, she's I, I, I was expecting it to be anthological. Her relationship or like the the movie. They were gonna do like 45 minutes in uh in Portugal, 45 minutes in New York, and then they meet, do their thing, blah blah blah. But no, it's just Portugal, and then she's here for 20 minutes. Yep. I mean, hey, good for Josephine Langford getting a paycheck for doing, you know. Two, three scenes in the movie. I don't know how yeah, much she's getting yeah. paid, but I think she was like top villain, so good for her. Yeah, you know, shouts out. Yeah, so they so at the wedding, obviously, Tessa and Harden, they see each other and we feel, you know, things are maybe a little bit awkward. And so yeah, Landon he gets married. I don't know if you have anything to say about the ceremony, but it's a fucking wedding. Oh, he gets married. It's a it is a fucking wedding. However, I do have something to say. Mm-hmm. Harden's best man speech 
Oh God, I was just about to get to that. Is Go on. a train wreck. So okay, all right, listeners. Yeah. So for anyone who has not been, oh Max, do you have something to say? I got, I got, in? I got things to, I oh, got things right, to say right. about this. So Go off. Go off, Mike. When it comes, you, you've been to a wedding before. Yeah. What is the most What is the most important thing? That you need to go into about the wedding. What, what's the most important thing you need to know going into a wedding? It's that you're. It's that the, you're not the main character. You're not. You're not the main character. That day is not about you. It's about the bride and about the groom. Like that's that is it. Do not try to bring your own bullshit. Do not try to make the wedding about you. Don't 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 pull that shit. And what does Harden say? in his best man speech, he mentions, and we all know he's talking about Tessa at someone else's wedding. And he's trying to make it all about him. And Tessa hears this and fucking walks off. If you did not like Harden already, this made me fucking dude, you're, you're a piece of shit. You're ruining somebody else's wedding day. But then again, they're just letting it happen. It's It's, such a dumb character choice. It is. It is. That's that's the thing that I think surprised me the most about it is Harden being shitty. At this point, if you don't expect him to fuck up an entire situation, that's on you. But the fact that landed and like everyone is kind of smiling, going like, "Oh, that's so sweet," and none of them are like, "What are you on, you idiot?" Is that it, it's appalling. It is appalling. But any, but in, in any case. He does it, this best man speech, which is awful. And Tessa freaking just storms off. Mm-hmm. It's so weird and so off. There's, there's, it, this wedding is a, is a whole shit show. On top of all of that, my girlfriend pointed this out because she watched the movie with me. Mm-hmm. The dress code for this wedding is the is is a freaking hodgepodge because there are some people in tuxedos there are some people who are in suits and dressed up as per a wedding yeah there are some people that are just in t-shirts and leather jackets and there's some people there there's literally just a couple guys who are just in fucking t-shirts <laughs> they're like oh fuck we don't have enough wedding guests so you three pa you five pas come here your wedding guests they now like, they look like they look like they're they just got pulled off the streets of seattle on their way to going to work at like amazon or something it's they're just in a tight t-shirt and jeans and they're like yeah you'll do come on come on bring it in bud bring it in all right it's but and then you just see me and then you just see me and you just see uh, me and mike in the background wearing just like workout gear like we ran we ran to the wedding just to you know oh yeah we thought we'd make an appearance you know wearing booty shorts and a tank top absolutely it's booty shorts a tank top and leg warmers we're we're going full 80s we're gonna look like we're gonna look like richard simmons in those old exercise videos and harden scott rips off his clothes and he also has exercise gear underneath <laughs> oh my god and it just turns into jazzercise like everyone's clapping along dude imagine if a, if at a wedding it's just a flash mob of harden and tessa doing jazzercise <laughs> Oh my god, I was taking a drink. Oh my god. If it literally <laughs> that'd be so great. If it's literally if Landon and Nora are sitting there doing I do. I do. By the power invested in me, you may bust a move and <laughs> everyone except for Landon and Nora rip off and they're in matching like leotards and they all start dancing and exercising. 
Oh, good. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the movie. We're almost done. So Harden, like, he goes to follow Tessa, and they reconnect in some other building. They talk. They, they reconcile. You you already you already know what what's happening here, and yeah, they have sex at someone else's wedding. <laughs> oh well, it's I gotta I I have I literally have. You're like, actually, I don't think that's dialogue. You're you're just there and like, actually, I don't think that's that bad. Hear me out. (laughs) Exactly. Here's actually why that's okay. All right. And here's why it's kind of not shitty. Shut the hell up, Max. No. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. So Tessa runs into like some, where, where Nora was getting her like bridal dress, like ready and all that. Harden chases after her. Harden obviously does the babe. Wait, I'm better now. I went to Lisbon, and she says the phrase, which is probably the most eye rolling, like "shut the fuck up" dialogue. She says, "Harden, you can't just talk about her souls like that." Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's like it, it's vomit inducing, dude. I forgot about that one. It's so weird. Who, the who fuck talks was, like that? Who who writes that? Then says it aloud to themselves, and will be like, "Yeah, that'll do. That that that'll that that's it. That's the one right there." It's and and my favorite thing is, it's just and then obviously obviously because it's Harden and Tessa on screen for more than five damn minutes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're just gonna gasp and hump and then have sex. It's it's. <laughs> So when you said gasp, I imagine like just, you know, like you startled them. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's just that no, over and honest, over again. Honest to God, dude, you literally watch the sex scenes of this movie. And it's literally just them just just humping and going. And it's literally just them gasping and humping. It's, that's all it is. There's, 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 no, there's no emotional thing. There's no one's getting – there's nothing happening past them just gasping. <laughs> It's just every hump, every time like Harden clenches his cheeks to thrust, it's just <gasps> he's just getting it's startled. Literally. He's getting startled every time. It's like yeah, exactly. It's it's like they're in paranormal activity, but they're humping. So yeah, they have sex. Then afterwards, Harden <laughs> pops the question. And, <laughs> and what does he use to propose? The ring that he had on his finger that probably doesn't fit. Let's let's be fair. And then she just says, yes. Shitty. Uh, to, to be fair, to be fair, they proposed off to the side somewhere, like away from the crowd. But you still proposed at somebody else's wedding. <laughs> he proposed. Okay. He proposed. It's someone else's wedding. Post coitus. Yeah. Like, that's. Dude, that is it. Dude, he. Never been more sure of anything in his life. Post nut blindness, Max. Let's be honest with ourselves. It's post nut blindness. It's, is he gets on one knee after, immediate, immediately after they finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the next one after they finish. After. <laughs> <laughs> And just, I, after they finish, and it's just an hour and a half of them awkwardly like sitting in bed, and then it's just the last five minutes is Harden turning and going, "Do you want me to like call you a call you a cab or something?" 
So I was I was gonna run to the gym just in like a twenty minutes. Hey, uh, I mean, you know, you 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 can come. It's okay. It's, you know, it's, I'm gonna be out of here and. You, you can't door. St- you can't stay here. Like you gotta go. <laughs> I just love that. It's just it's just an hour and a half. <laughs> okay, okay. Where, where the fuck were we? So yeah, pops the question. She says yes, and um, then we just fucking flash forward. So we got like ninety seconds left in the movie. We flash forward, and we see that. Harden and Tessa are living together in New York City and they have a child and another one on the way. Yeah, they're living in New York, you know. <laughs> I, what about the plot? What what about Tessa not being able to have children? Like that would have been a very it, interesting plot line to go down, but you know, they didn't want to do that with this movie. So instead they just, there's like, oh yeah, no, it's fixed now. See? He, Harden has magical semen. There there you go. He's got magic semen. That's that's like a demonic Harry Potter character. It's instead of a wand, it's his dick. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just every like it's Harry versus Lord Voldemort, and they're like they're like uh, they're just doing their little wand battles, and you just see him just see Harden come out of nowhere with his pants down. He's like, it's not a cadaver. It just shoots out of his dick. <laughs> Is <laughs> but he has he's like two feet away because uh, okay and he's, anyways all yeah, right so so uh, so yeah they they have kids and a third and a second one on the way uh, also Tessa has the fakest pregnancy belly I have ever seen it is oh, it's literally like they I, took like a like a small like a small basketball and just put it underneath her shirt and they're like. Oh yeah, that'll do. I'm so glad you mentioned Tessa in in this like flash forward. It's so because Harden just looks the same, mm-hmm. but he's dressed more like an English professor. Mm-hmm. So and you're like, okay, whatever, fine, that's sure, whatever. He's older, I guess. And you would expect the same for like Tessa, you know, change mm-hmm. the hairstyle a little bit, make her dress like less like a twenty something, mm-hmm. and just call it a day. But no, they decided to go whole hog into changing Tessa's look. Like, hard, they were just like, yeah, just make him look like an old English professor. Mm-hmm. Tessa, they were like, we got to redo this whole look. And so they gave her the worst pregnancy belly on the planet. It's literally mm-hmm. like they just, like, like, like my co-host said, basketball under the dress. Mm-hmm. They gave her bangs that looked like they were chopped with a hedge trimmer. And then... <laughs> They gave this poor woman the ugliest black dress with a jacket over it. And they just called it a freaking day. It's so bad. It's awful. Yeah, it's I'm I'm so confused by all of this. (laughs) And by the way, by the way, that's it. That is the end for now of the after franchise we end on such a shitty fucking note with with more questions than answers i can understand why the fans of this franchise are pissed off about it and dude we fucking did it we We, made it through after we made it through after for better not for better for worse for worse we made it through after does it make you a little bit sad (laughs) i feel like 
because we went the answer is my answer is double ended. Mm-hmm. If this was the end to after forever permanently book shut, I would be like, damn, we really are missing out on more crazy wildness and idiotic f- fan fiction tropes. Mm-hmm. Sad days. But on the other hand, they're not done. Anna Todd is in the freaking trenches, drafting before the prequel to after. And she's drafting the sequel to after about their kids. Oh, no. It's, she is out here. She's making moves. I like how the – please tell me like the prequel is going to be called – the prequel is going to be called before. And no, no, other- actually – not kidding. It's yeah, genuinely called it's before. It's called before, and we have after here. Is the sequel going to be called During? It's called During. <laughs> Please be that. <laughs> that would be great. It's it's a it's it's like a it's a mid it's a mid book it's a mid novel sequel. <laughs> it's in between after we collided and after we fell. It's it's just this series. <laughs> okay, so yeah. It, I'm kind of like we went down this rabbit hole initially because my girlfriend said, hey, you want a bad romantic movie? Check out this one. And then we watched it and we're like, this is fascinatingly bad. And it took us down this weird thing called the after franchise. Like it's just it's fascinating. I'm curious to see where this franchise is going to go. Is it going to be good? No, no, it is not. (laughs) It's not. But you got an but you got two afternators right here, ready to go down the rabbit hole. Damn it! You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Two afternators right here. It's it's at this point. At this point, sunk cost. <laughs> We're already here. We're just gonna keep powering through. Yeah, exactly. But I do want to ask now. Uh, you know, some final talking points about the series overall, Mike. I want to ask you now that the fran- now that we've been through the franchise. What is something we can take away from this series? What can we what can we learn from after? Oh my god, character growth. Mm-hmm. It's okay for characters to have a problem. Make sure the problems pan out. Oh god. Because if you're going to set up a person with a series of problems, like you're going to have a character who's broken mm-hmm. in movie 1. If you really want, if you've got sequelitis bad and you know that there's a second one in the, in, in your, in your tool belt, Mm -hmm. you got to solve one and tee up the other, other ones for Mm -hmm. solving. Like you can't have just, he's manipulative and alcoholic and he can't keep his emotions in check. Mm-hmm. And then just not solve it until movie five, and then just give a half-assed wet fart of, oh, you know, he's like, yeah, he 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 poured a liquor bottle out, you know, that's something. That's better. That's that better. We, that's something. Some, something really. we've seen in all the movies. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you can't have that be you. You have to solve one problem for each movie. And just tee up the other ones to get solved. You can introduce more problems. That's fine. If you want to keep it going forever, like mm-hmm. that's 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 a way to do it. But god damn. Also, make more than one person unproblematic. Mm-hmm. God damn. Biggest there problem is two, in this series. Yeah. This is the biggest problem. It is we ca- we call the Mori moments for a reason. 
like unironically mm-hmm. this they have the they have the eternal issue of having too many people who suck ass mm-hmm. like you can't have vance cheating on his wife kimberly being a being a gossip being a gossip girl which you know grand scheme of all these other people not that bad still not a good trait but you know there's worse ones having biological dad be a cuck <laughs> like having also i don't know if that's his voluntary trait but you know that's the one that stuck so and then and then all of the dorm friends from the first two movies mm-hmm. like having landon be the singular character who isn't awful that's that's so bad mm-hmm. it's so tiring yeah i these care like you said like we've said throughout this whole podcast landon really is the only character that just exists and doesn't really have anything going like he's just a normal dude while everybody else is insanely toxic and either getting cucked or cucking like somebody uh one thing i will say that i've learned from watch from going through this franchise is writing a romantic movie franchise is tough because you know if we don't think we retread the same plot points of couple fighting over the same issues over and over and over again and it gets boring and repetitive but if we try to do something new like a little bit too new like with this movie after everything your audience will turn their backs on you much like the after fans have done so i think yeah this franchise is fascinatingly bad and needs to be observed by by film fans everywhere to understand what makes a bad movie and also what makes terribly written characters. Yes, I I do. I I actually hadn't thought of it until you brought it up, but yeah, no, this movie is, this movie is really like bringing to light the, the, the issue Mm -hmm. with having sequels and franchises to romantic movies because if you look at successful romantic movies like the notebook is the clear one that comes to mind because i mean that's like one of the quintessential romantic movies Mm -hmm. there's not a notebook too at least to my knowledge i mean if there is if there is i probably don't know about it for a reason if there is please cast me and ryan gosling in it i would love that absolutely move up rachel mcadams no uh it's but it it makes sense because it because the the whole crux of it is a will they won't they are they going to end up together thing and dragging that out for for more than i think two movies is going to piss people off mm-hmm. like that's just going to make people frustrated mm-hmm. so yeah and lastly before we get out of here mike favorite or slash most memeable moments from the after franchise Okay, from the after franchise, I think it's probably for me. It's the 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 situational hilarity that we brought up mm-hmm. with uh with Harden Harden committing arson, where it's where it's like a it's literally like a like like a like a four chan green tech story where it's Harden is burning trying to burn down his mother's house because he's mad. Mm-hmm. 
like his biological dad, who we found out about, like, I think like 30 minutes ago mm-hmm. is like crying in the corner going, I love you son. As he's like watching his son burn down the house. And Tessa's awkwardly standing there like an NPC trying to be like, Oh, should I do your, this is unlike you. Don't you've, you're better than this. Like it's, I just think the three of them all doing three separate things, all equally unhelpful is so was just so looking back on it. It's so funny in the moment. I don't, I think it was hilarious, but mm-hmm. I don't think I was like, it was gut busting looking back on it. It's such a nutso situation. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Like, dude, that was my number one. And I'll even toss in the dead dad plot too. Like, yes, just, I'm like, of course he wanted, of course he was going to die. Like just, just, you know, throw in all the cliches here, dead dad, uh, fucking long lost twin brother. Like, I'm surprised we didn't get that in this franchise. Exactly, exactly. I I was so surprised, and just like the Harden's Harden's actual dad is the person who he's been yelling at all this time, and mm-hmm. the guy he thought he was the dad was the cuck, and like all this nonsense. And and need we forget the ending of the third one? I believe. Where Vance is Harden's dad to the phrase "never say never" getting played. Yeah, like, exactly. Chef's, like chef's kiss. I just I literally heard the fray come on, and I and I stopped and went, "No, no, dude!" Because the the my favorite part about that scene is it leads in. Mm. There wasn't. It doesn't just like as the as the bombshell is dropped it starts playing it's it leads in and gets louder and crescendos right as the bomb is dropped and i'm just like damn movie this come on the fray oh and with them playing that song you could really you could be like like as soon as it started fading in you were like you immediately knew what they were gonna say you're like oh no please no no he's not the dad no he's not the dad and then when they say it i just burst out laughing yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so yeah, that does it for the after franchise guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the jo- joining us on this journey for the messed up at midnight podcast. Real quick before we get out of here, guys, the double feature extravaganza is back. We're gonna have more news on that next week. I'm really looking forward to this October. And uh, yeah, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mess Up Midnight Podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, sorry, X, YouTube. You guys know the deal. My voice is shot from doing this podcast and screaming, so I'm going to go drink some herbal tea. Mike, do you have anything you want to say? Stay tuned for the next episode, everybody. The double feature extravaganza. It's going to be big this year. It's going to be big. All right, guys. We'll we'll see you all next week. See you next week, everybody.